Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Brett Thomas, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday, December 15. Today, the strikers begin their BBL campaign in style. The brakes put on turbo yet again as one of the NRL's biggest stars hurts his hammy. Tim Zhu fires back at his American critics ahead of the biggest fight of his career. And game recognised game. The sons of future NBA Hall of Famers face off. But first... I know I'll regret this for the rest of my life. I'm absolutely gutted. I hope in time I can earn back respect and forgiveness. Long before Steve Smith's teary press conference when Sandpaper Gate erupted, there was another big moment in his test career. A sliding doors moment that meant Smith may never have captained Australia and then potentially been involved in one of cricket's most controversial moments. Brad Haddon was tipped to be Michael Clarke's successor to the throne and he revealed to listeners' Willow Talk podcast the details of a big sacrifice he made. We had a test match against India was was after Phil Hughes' passing. Michael Clark played outstanding that game. David Warner got 100. They both got 100s. And Michael Clark went off with a hamstring injury. And I took over in the last session. So I had my opportunity to captain then. So I, I did that session. Then we went across to the Siebel, enjoyed the, the test victory. We had all the ex-Aussie players in. Then I was sitting there with Mark Taylor. Uh, I think we were a couple of beers in and he said, I'll oh, get ready to go. I was vice captain at the time, get ready to captain Michael's out of the next test team. And, and I said to him, oh, Mark, I'm not the man to do it. I'm coming to the back end of my career. I think Steve Smith's the, the better option. He's going to be a long-term captain. I think he needs some help around captaining the team with this group. He needs a good 2IC. And I said, I think I suit that role. And Tubby goes, no worries, I'll make a call to the board. And the- You talked yourself out of being captain of Australia. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't the right decision, Gus. Now, as Hads points out, he was closer to the end of his test career than the start, so it may have been a short stint in the role before the star on the rise in Smith took the reins long term. And the Willow Talk team have a full preview of the upcoming South African series with former Proteus Quick Mornay Morkel, and Hads calls out Ricky Ponting to get behind the campaign for Shane Warne to be posthumously awarded a test century and have his 99 against New Zealand overturned. I need you to change your decision to not out, I repeat, not out. Ah, fantastic use of the review there, Matt Short straight away. What a wonderful inclusion to the Big Bash. History made in the BBL last night as the Strikers beat the Sixers on their home deck in Adelaide. Matt Short successfully pulled off the first DRS review. The system hadn't been used in the Big Bash until now. And it turned out to be a match-turning moment as Short top score with 84, combining with star recruit Chris Lynn for a 95-run partnership, setting the platform for victory. Tonight, it's the Heat and Renegades in Cairns. Sensational. Sensational. Absolutely sensational. Alvarez gets the credit. But Messi's magic is alive and well. The Argentines love him. Most of you will love him. Magical Messi's dancing feet sending Argentina to the FIFA World Cup final over Croatia. It's the one trophy that has eluded both he and his rival Ronaldo in their decorated careers. But Ronaldo's legacy, tarnished by his petulance with Portugal and their exit from the tournament. Why are you throwing a tantrum, tantrum O'Neill? Messi now has a chance to end the argument once and for all about who the greatest player of this generation is. I am the greatest. Former England forward Ian Wright told ITV, Messi seems hell-bent on taking his place among the icons of the world game. Messi's like mantra in the world of football, like Maradona's, you know, like Pele, like all those guys, Zidane, R9, is to win the World Cup. 
And that's why you'll probably see, when you see him in this scenario, he's at his very best. Either reigning world champs France or the underdog Moroccans stand in Messi's way now. The Listener app is the place to hear that semi-final live and in your language. Search FIFA World Cup in the Listener app. 20 years to the day yesterday. LeBron and Carmelo Anthony, they found themselves in a high school gym together, but not to play, to watch their sons play. Bronny and Cayenne, as well as sophomore Bryce James, suit up for what they can only be, hope to be one of the first of many matchups to come. Malika Andrews on ESPN's NBA Today on December 12, 2002. A 17-year-old LeBron dropped 31 points, 13 rebounds and 6 assists in an upset win over Carmelo Anthony's Oak Hill Academy. The pair were the cream of the 2003 NBA draft. LeBron, taken with pick one by his hometown Cavaliers and Mallow at pick three, was off to Denver. Now that rivalry extends to their sons. Bronny James dropped 12 points, a monster dunk and an alley-oop for Sierra Canyon over Kyan Anthony's Christ the King High School. He chipped in with eight points on two of four from three-point range. And his dad, Mallow, says it's pretty special. You know, they grew up together, man. So that's that's the next, you know, that next generation that's coming up. So for us to, you know, we met 21, 22 years ago, right, to the, to the day. And for us to be here full circle and watching Bronny and what he's doing and what he's about to go on to and the Bryce coming right behind him and then Kyan coming right behind that, so... The legacy continues, it don't stop. While Bronny has already amassed 6.8 million followers on Instagram, his every move on a basketball court captures headlines. So LeBron says the spotlight of national attention is nothing new. Listen, he's so unfazed and you know, nothing bothers him really at all. Uh, just a kid who loves playing the game of basketball, but you know, love being a big brother, love being a role model you know, to his generation, and you know, it's pretty cool that he's able to experience some of the things that I was able to experience. You know, uh, But at the end of the day, he's creating his own path and creating his own name and, and legacy, so uh, I love that more, more than anything. All three have it for the winner by unanimous decision and still undefeated Tim. So Tim Zhu gets the decision. Tim Zhu's arm raised on his American debut against Olympian Terrell Gachet back in March this year and is now gearing up for a bigger challenge against the king of the super welterweight division, undisputed champ Jamel Charlot in late January next year. Media in the US have focused on the first round knockdown Zhu suffered in that fight as evidence he won't be able to handle the step up in class. Tim isn't having it. And the writer said the fight showed that Tim Zhu seems to have problems with boxers that have immense talent, athleticism, and the ring smarts. A description of Mel Charlo? Did I win that? You did win that fight. <laughs> that, that's a, that, that doesn't make any sense, man. The, if I lost, and then, then if I lost, and then, then I, I'd understand. But I, 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 I won, yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I can't really comment on that question. Another giant handbreaker has been pulled up on Tom Trebojevic's career and Manly's premiership hopes for the next NRL season. But the handbreaker. Turbo pulled up lame with what appears to be yet another hamstring injury at training. Anything but that! The Seagull star is set for scans. He's suffered four hammy tears in the past. 
Pre-season is going a little smoother for the Bombers in the AFL under their new coach, Brad Scott. He's been impressed by the early form of veteran Dyson Heppel, but stops short of guaranteeing he will retain the captaincy. He'll have a key role to play for us next year, but in terms of finalising what that leadership structure looks like next year, I suspect it'll take us the first couple of months of next year before we get to that stage. And a scorecard shout-out to the Aussie swim team dominating the short course world championships in Melbourne. Lani Pallister is cleaning up at the moment, leading from start to finish to win the 800-metre freestyle and then return to anchor the 200 relay team to a world record-breaking gold overnight. And that's your Fast Fun Hit of Sport for today. I'm Brett Thomas. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.